0: Pop is, uh, yeah, it's a kids' TV show uh, from the creator of Arthur, Mark Brown. Um, like Arthur,
1: like, like this guy. Yeah. Arthur, like yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'll be listening to music like Amine references Arthur, Kid Cudi references Arthur. I'm like,
1: bro, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 35th episode, I'm here with Jake Shannon. Let's go. Throughout the podcast, we discuss canned peaches, Jake's origin story, the balance of... the. Be- the balance between acting and music and much, much more. We also play the producer's game. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hello everybody, Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming a friend, uh, a colleague, a mutual friend first, but we've become closer friends, and we've grown, and you've used the studio multiple times for your your new project that we're going to talk about. This is Jake Shannon, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. How are you? good man good yeah very good yeah it's good to have you I feel like it's it's, it's a long time coming here um, yeah
0: yeah I agree I'm a long time fan there you go I, I know I know it. you're a fan I, know I, you're I, fan. I, I was thinking the way here I'm like I gotta like give you the flowers I gotta like <laughs> praise praise the what's going on here because it's uh it's a very positive thing for a lot of people in the community around you and so dope Oh, thank you. I'm I'm honored to be here. Thank you
1: very much. Thank you very much. And so
0: many cool people have sat in this chair. I can can feel (laughs) it. I can feel the energy. I can smell the energy.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll have to clean the studio later. Uh, (laughs) Let's start the the podcast like we always start it. Um, Your favorite live show experience as a fan. What you got?
0: Do I have to pick one or can it be like a few like
1: rapid fire? It could be
0: rapid fire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My first concert back from COVID. Yeah. I saw Jungle. Oh, okay. in the yes. parking lot of Rebel. <laughs> so they, like, built this stage in the parking lot right up against the water and everything. Yeah. And, like, me and, like, ten friends went. We all did, like, a little bit of mushrooms. Sure, sure. And I just remember laughing and smiling. And, like, we were, like, allowed to take our masks off because it was all outside. And we were just right. like, oh, my God. yeah was yeah, so yeah. freeing. And I wasn't even, like, I was the biggest Jungle fan. After that, I was. But yeah, yeah. I was just, like, any opportunity to see, like, a live show right now is
1: good enough for me yeah when was that october
0: 2021
1: okay 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 yeah. so it was like pretty like i
0: think we locked down after that <laughs> yeah, maybe that sure. was like a super sure yeah, yeah we were like after well, covid is, yeah uh, i
1: don't even yeah whatever like yeah. the yeah <laughs>
0: um there's that uh i saw kendrick lamar on the big steppers yeah. tour
1: that's oh my god yeah. and we
0: got ga and i don't like <laughs> go to like mosh pits or anything because i'm sensitive and i'm small sure but I was like, okay, for Kendrick, I need to be as close as possible, man. And, like, there's this video on Kendrick Lamar Bible of this guy, like, <laughs> head banging his hair. And in the background is me and my homie, Corey, like, word for word doing family ties together. Oh, my God. Not even looking at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, man, what a fucking core <laughs> memory of my life that is. Yeah. And then, fuck, I have so many, man. I'll wrap up for these. Bon Iver, uh at yeah. Bank Arena. I was in love. With somebody, I was watching that show, and we just sat back and like cried the whole time. We're yeah, like, man, this is, this is life.
1: Is it his last performance with like with the m- tilted mirrors yeah. and stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh my god, yeah,
0: so good. <laughs> and then, I think one of the best nights of my fucking life is seeing uh, Kate Tronata for the first time.
1: Uh, first time, yeah, because you've been. I saw yeah.
0: I saw him open for the weekend at the Rogers Center okay. too, which is another story, yeah, another yeah, great yeah, concert. Yeah. But like, like Jungle. I just went with so many friends, we all did a little bit of drugs. Sorry, mom. <laughs> and man, I just smiled and laughed and and cried and danced the whole t- it felt like it went on forever. Right. And I never wanted to leave.
1: Right, right, right. And was this a, was this here in Toronto?
0: It was at um uh, what's it called? History.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Great, yeah. Great still like a big stage. Yeah. I'm picturing like Caitronado like years ago, like in Montreal or something, but no, this was the like history. huge. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And
0: so loud and sold out and man. There were certain points of that night where I would just look at someone and be like, hey man, I'm sorry. I love you. And <laughs> if there'd be a mutual thing of like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Life yeah. sure is sweet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then back to the dancing.
0: <laughs> and like that's just the power of music and drugs, but mostly music. Yeah. So
1: that's great. A good time. Now typically on the on the pod, we I ask what are your favorite performances as 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 a musician um but you have so many things going on so i'm just going to open it up to favorite favorite production you've ever been a part of favorite as an artist yeah just in general what's your favorite sort of experience on the more professional side of things
0: oh fuck these are hard you like you sent me some of these (laughs) questions before and i'm like yeah i got this i got this and then i'm in the moment i'm like (laughs) man what am i even going to talk about yeah um a lot of my, like, core memories are probably before I even moved to Toronto. Yeah. In terms of, like, performing. Mm-hmm. Um, because before I came here, I didn't do any film or TV. It was all, um, like, musical theater. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, like, a lot of, like, music and acting at the same time. And yeah. then before that, even, I was playing in, like, bands in, like, elementary school. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing, like, uh, shout out Norma Jeans in London. Uh, Ontario, yeah, uh, and like the APK and like whatever performance would like let us as twelve-year-olds be like, yeah, we want to play our Green Day covers. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a few from that, like we used to play Ribfest in London every year. Yes, and I would sure. um sort of be like a roadie for the the music school I was a part of. So yeah. I would like set up the stages. I would do sound. I'd be like running the venue basically. Yeah. Um, and with that, I kind of got to like have friends come in and i'm like yo do a set do a set because i was in control of all the shit and people like give me ribs and stuff and (laughs) i was like man this is amazing and just the culture around those festivals is so sick yeah Um, core memories um i also had this show at this venue in london it's closed now um was called the apk Mm -hmm. tiny tiny little bar but it was like my band was playing one of my best friend's bands was playing it's tiny little thing, and somehow we sold, like, a 100 tickets each or some bullshit. Like, way too many, <laughs> considering we were was playing, Was Corey like,
1: Pittman a part of the promotion team? No.
0: <laughs> n- no. But if he had, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, over. Yeah. it's over. It's yeah. over. Um, and, man, I think it was, like... I think it, it was the day before my birthday, too. So, like, okay. midnight hit, and I was, like, turned, like, 15 or whatever. <laughs> just tiny venue, Smelled like shit. It was so hot, but, like, it just really felt like we were part of something in that moment. I was like, yeah. man, this is... Like, things like that are what I think has brought me to accept being an artist as, like, my life. Sure. Holistically. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then some musical theater ones, man. Like, doing material, like, uh, I did this show called Next to Normal um, when I was 17 or 18 in London. And, man, like, six-person cast. We did it in the round in a 100-person venue. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those musicals where you just sob. So we're doing this material, and I wish I had, like, four hours to explain, like, the plot of the show, but (laughs) it's, like, a sobbing show um, about, like, family and about death and about grief and mental illness and whatever, and, like, we'd be performing the show, and you would hear someone, like, basically as far away as you are to me, sobbing at the material we were doing, and I was like, wow, the power that art can have it's yeah, yeah, It's crazy, and things like that. Again, are just why I'm still here, just trying and making things. It's, um, and it, like even with that show afterwards, people would come out and be like, "Yeah, my mom has schizophrenia, and this show like really represents like what that feels like." And I was sure. like, as an 18 year old, I'm like, "Oh my god, my my words, my actions, my intentions have power." Mm. And what a beautiful thing that is to like then leave the nest and move to Toronto and yes. have that in me to be like wow I can have a really great effect on people through art so and yeah a lot of a lot of those musicals had moments like that
1: what's it like I guess because I I relate to you in in a sense like when I when I'm asked about my favorite performances I often go back to like the the beginnings Um, yeah why why do you think it's it's like that because you know we've both had great moments over the last years but I think still I would still say that some of my favorite performances were before I moved to Toronto why do you think that is
0: I I think it's just because it builds who you are, right? Yeah, it's we're at an age right now. Like I'm I'm 24. You're yeah, we're same age, same age. So yeah, yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like those are the building blocks of who we are. Yeah, and like the things we want to uphold and the lessons of like you know maybe those shows weren't perfect, but that's where you learned what it means to fuck up. That's what you you know yeah, go yeah. off tempo or forget the words or like those formative <laughs> experiences where it's not perfect and no one expects it to be perfect mm-hmm. I think that's part of it um yeah it's just it like builds who you are yeah yeah and i think right now too as we have the pressure of career and the yeah, pressure the of pressure of rent,
1: ex- and rent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah
0: i think that adds a little bit of like it's hard to appreciate it as much There's not as much freedom in it yeah because you have Pressure and expectations and rent and...
1: Yeah, social media.
0: But who knows? Maybe when we're <laughs> 34, we'll look back and be like, man, I was 24, I did this thing. Or, sure. We did this cool podcast. <laughs> sure, sure. And maybe these will be new core experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so.
1: Definitely. Moving on to the Erica Badu quote that the listeners know. Um, you probably know as well. Hell yeah. um, Music and music business are two different things. Of course, this is more of a music podcast. Um, but again, opening up to you... Um, for for all of these experiences that you've had in multiple roles, um, what are your first instincts when I when I when I just say music and music business are two different things, or even just art and the business of producing art are two different things? Like, what are your what are your first instincts when you just hear that?
0: Oh man, I, I agree. First of all, it's yeah. like yeah, it's it's like a different skill completely. And I I was actually thinking about this this morning because I wanted to come and be like a baller about it and be like yeah. Oh, my business is this and i'm up sure, on this and i'm sure. making so much money but like again this is kind of the great thing about this podcast is you get to see different artists at different stages and i feel like my art side of that coin
1: yeah bro i'm i feel good yeah 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 yeah
0: i feel i feel so lucky and so Privilege to like be able to do kind of whatever I want to a certain extent. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. making million dollar movies yet, but you know, I have great people around me who are willing to help with a vision or allow me to be part of theirs or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But the business side is something that um
1: it's not terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's nowhere near the same as the art side.
1: In what sense? In the sense of is it is it of importance to you or your comfortability within the business is it like how how are you when you say it's nowhere near the art but in what sense maybe I'm exaggerating it's it's
0: it's a little bit of everything man it's like my comfort with talking business my confidence with knowing my worth as an artist which yeah. i think is more of the business side um and also my i don't want to say control but like um just knowing every door to knock on, its it just is more overwhelming than the artist side. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I guess I kind of came this morning, I was thinking about this at the gym because I was pumping iron. <laughs> I was like, how do I flip this question? And rather than be in a position of like giving advice to whoever might be listening, like maybe seeking advice from you, because I feel like from my perspective, you have a really good handle on the business and the art side. So I'm curious as someone who knows a bit about my situation, um, not everything we'll discover more, but like (laughs) we will, (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I'm, I guess I'm asking for advice on the business side.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, I think the the podcast specifically um, sort of shines a light on, on all these these people. And I think just from being the 35th episode of of the pod is just, is just um, acknowledging that everybody has a different process. Yeah. And uh, everybody it, and there's no right or wrong answer. Like the, the podcast is not necessarily to 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 showcase the right answer. It's n- it's not necessarily to, to be like, "Oh, we're so knowledgeable in this um that this is, these are the answers that we want to give." It's it's all about talking about process. Yeah. Um but again, if you're asking me for tips, I think it's just to just well, I guess it, it does sort of tie into what I what I was just saying a few seconds ago in regards to just knowing how other people have done it. Mm. And sort of aligning your own values and your own story to that, um, yeah. I don't know, I, and I think that the, the business of of art, whether it be music or theater, musical theater, um, you know, a gallery or, or whatever, it's it's ever it's ever changing. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 also about being knowledgeable in what's coming up, because um, a lot of the times the consumers of social media or art or even just fans in general just don't necessarily know what's on the back end. Um, So it's it's knowing as an artist, but also as a fan, what's going on in the back end so you can position yourself in a better place. Mm. Moving on to the origin story here. um, Just very general um, for the the people at home. uh, And even for me, every time I ask about all these questions, I I learn more about the guest. Um, Where did you grow up? Yeah. Let's start there.
0: So I was born in uh, North Vancouver. Yeah. Uh and like grew up in like well we bounced around a little bit. My parents were pretty young when they had me. My mom was 22, my dad was 25. Yeah. So like when I hit 22, it's like existential crisis and next year I'm going to go existential crisis.
1: Yeah. My dad was tw- 18. So Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, we, I I get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Damn.
0: But it's cool having young parents <laughs> It, it they, is. Cuz they like it get is. it. yeah. yeah a yeah. little bit more than someone like no offense, but if someone's like 60. Yeah, yeah. You're like totally take and they're like what the fuck is that? <laughs> sure,
1: sure. Well, um, you moved around a lot.
0: Yeah, so we moved around a lot. I mean, kind of throughout my life, but especially the first couple years. We yeah. bounced around, lived in Squamish for a while, lived in a couple different places in North Van. Um, and then uh, my brother was born in 2002, and we sort of started to settle. And then yeah. moved again to Langley, and then moved across the country to uh, London, Ontario. Okay. And I was in like second grade. Okay. was something like five six seven moves before second grade which is one a year something like that yeah yeah yeah. which is like good for artists i think
1: yeah yeah yeah. oh no i, completely I hear it a lot. Get you there
0: um but uh yeah and then i spent uh most of my childhood in london
1: yeah would you say that's where like home is now
0: <sighs> yes and no i don't know i'm so yes. conflicted about london because yeah i grew up there and i like so many people i love are from there and A lot of them have left actually. Yeah. I think London was like the perfect breeding ground for a lot of people and a lot of artists um, because you had access to so many resources. Yeah. But you could only get so far. So you could kind of become the, what is it? The big fish in the small pond and then have the confidence to be like, oh, I can do this. I can like, you know, a lot of my friends there and me included, we did like a show at the Grand Theater. Yeah. Like that's like, that's as good as it gets in London. Sure, sure, sure. And we got there at like 18, 19. So we're like, oh shit, okay. If I can do this here, then maybe it translates to elsewhere. So you have the confidence to know what it takes to get to that position. And then, I don't know, do you feel that way about? A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Being the big fish in the small pond where I'm from in Sudbury definitely gave me the confidence to at least move here, which which is a whole thing because a lot of my friends still like, well, actually out of my high school, there's only two people that came to Toronto. Damn. So, like, most of my high school friends are still there uh, or that came to university in southern Ontario but moved back, like, yeah, right away kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, no, it, it, these smaller communities give you the confidence. It's like a confidence breeding ground. Yeah. Um, to, to push you to go to the big city. If that's what you want, that's a whole thing, too, because um, a lot of these friends or a lot of these family members don't necessarily need to be in Toronto. Yeah. Or any other big city.
0: And all the power to them. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? It's um, hard.
1: How was your how was your musical upbringing? Was yeah. it like was the family like big into into music? Where is there like uh were you all always listening to the radio CDs, all vinyl, of it, man. all of it? Not vinyl, but like yeah,
0: yeah. I always say that my, i and it's kind of expanded over the past um couple of months, but I feel like in in another life, my parents are like hardcore artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because of how life has Turned out they had the privilege of, of prioritizing family over what that might have been. Yeah. But like, yeah, my mom played the piano. My dad played the guitar and is always like coming up with different ideas now for like businesses. But oftentimes it's like, I have this business idea. Also, do you know anyone who does like 3D animation? Because blah, blah, blah. I would, well, I'll hire them to do this. I'm like, I feel like there's an artist in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But man, they've always just prioritized like helping us have access to things like you know guitar lessons or um whatever we might need to take that path and uh yeah music everywhere yeah they they were like my parents were uh teenagers in like the early 90s so i grew up listening to a lot of like pearl jam Soundgarden nirvana like all that like 90s grunge stuff but also like the like late 90s like r&b and pop like i asked my mom what album she was listening to, when she was pregnant with me, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Miseducation of Lauryn Hill." Oh my!
1: I'm gosh. like, all right,
0: that makes me feel kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. So music everywhere, man, yeah. and like radio, CDs. I had my own CD collection, of yes. course, of course. Um, what yeah. were
1: th- what were those early CDs like? Do you remember what the er- the first like record or that you bought at like? uh hmv or something you know oh yeah, man. yeah
0: i got um well i i was a big fan of the ytv did these like compilation cds yeah. of like censored versions of songs um and they had like like uh ocean avenue by yellow card was on there banger through the wire was on there which like i didn't <laughs> even realize yeah. which crazy yeah, yeah. But I, I loved that song as a kid. I didn't even realize and then like you know, fifteen years later, I'm like, this is one of the best songs of all time, and I fucking knew it word for word already. Right. Um like Headley was on there, some Canadian bops. Actually sorry, Headley canceled. Canceled no, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'll bleep it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this one's embarrassing. Well, fuck it, it's not embarrassing, but like it is what it is. I loved Nickelback as a kid. Sure. I loved Nickelback. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I had a couple nickelback CDs for sure. I remember my mom took out the lyric sheet because like the opening song is talking about like driving while like getting blown or something. Okay. And she was like, yeah, no, you can listen <laughs> to the song, but you cannot understand. No liner is. notes. <laughs> no, so hell no. Like maybe she let me look at the pictures. And I'm like, damn, these guys are sick. There's a picture of them standing in like the digital water and they're like, yeah, we're Nickelback <laughs> bro. Look at this photograph. <laughs> um, but yeah, she took out the lyrics of that shit. That's so. so funny. I love Nickelback. I loved Green Day. Yeah. And then just a lot of the radio, man. So, like, yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. actually relating it back to Canned Peaches. A lot of, like, the sonics that we were experimenting with that is based off of, like, what we heard on the radio as a kid. So, like, yeah. so much Neptune, so much, like, Kanye sampling, so much, like, of that Pharrell bounce, especially. Yeah. And, like, tight group harmonies or like, doing our best to replicate those, like, Timberlake, like, yeah, 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 Kind of, like, yeah, yeah. vocal mixes. Like, a lot of the stuff we heard on the radio was, like, influencing what we, me and my brother Liam did for the project. That's great. But yeah. And then later on, like, I got into my, like, metal phase. Sure, sure. Like,
1: yeah. And, that's when I was, like, playing. Was it high water. school?
0: Honestly, before. Okay, okay. I would okay. say, like, sixth grade, I started to, like, I'm like, oh. Actually, it probably coincided with rock band coming out. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Getting to hear different styles of music and, like, Getting into Metallica, getting into like Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> and being like, and then being a guitar player wow. at the same time and being like, all right, how the fuck do I play these songs? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. Remember at the beginning when I'm like, I go off on tangents a lot and I'm not going <laughs> to do that. And here we are 10 minutes into talking about Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> yeah, Avenged
1: Sevenfold is, ah! is, 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 is quite the pull. Um, how was like going from london to toronto was it was it was it for like college university like what was that what was that like yeah was even the application process like what what was that whole thing
0: so i wanted to go to theater school yeah well i thought i wanted to go to theater school (laughs) because everyone i know was like this is how you fucking do it you go to theater school and i was like all right cool i guess i'll try to do this um so out of like i did grade 13 Yeah. So I did a victory lap, and then um, for all the acting schools, you'd go through, like, a pretty intense auditioning process. Yeah, yeah. Um, So most schools would do, like, if it was a purely just acting school, it'd be uh, contemporary monologue, oftentimes Canadian, and then Shakespeare as well. And then they would make you do a song, and sometimes, like, a movement type of deal to see where you're at. Um, So I auditioned for... uh, George Brown, Randolph National Theater School, Humber.
1: I think that's it. Sheridan,
0: no. Okay. Um, everyone from my program went to Sheridan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They accept like forty people or something at Sheridan, and eight of those forty people came from my year in in high school.
1: Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, were yeah, like yeah.
0: low key a feeder school for them. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Their dean would come and watch our musicals and kind of like, um. What's it called? Uh, Scout us. Scout. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, you guys will love Sheridan. We'd take like school trips to Sheridan. They'd oh, like okay. put us up in a hotel and we'd like <laughs> okay. go eat pizza and talk to all. The- so it was like a little bit like that. But because of that, I got to see like the um, what they had going on there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. you know what? I don't know if it's for me. It's mm-hmm. just a little intense. And, you know, I knew at that point I wanted to be in film and TV rather than in musical theater. So I was like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I don't know if this is good for me. So mm-hmm. I ended up going to George Brown. Um, which I met some fantastic artists there, mm-hmm. my class is so talented, um big fans of all of them, uh but I dropped out after a semester,
1: yeah, sure
0: because <laughs> um, again, I just felt like a sense of urgency yeah I was yeah. like i 'm here i 'm in toronto i 'm paying eight hundred and ninety dollars at that time for rent in this like shitty yeah, apartment yeah. with with Corey. um <laughs> yeah. we moved here together, and um I just felt like I have to do this now, man. Life is going away. I'm going to school for eight hours a day, five days a week. I just feel like, what the fuck are we doing? Which yeah, yeah, sure. was a little bit of like, was it premature? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It was the, I was a big fish in London. What the fuck happened? Yes. Which I can own now. Right. Like four years later. Yeah. But at the time I was like, no, bro, I'm ready for this shit. I'm ready to lead some television shows. Everyone was like, okay, <laughs> you go find that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I had uh, a lot of support from the staff there, actually, including one teacher um, named Kawa, who, uh, he was just instrumental in giving me the confidence to, like, really launch out of that and feel like, okay, I can do this without school. Yeah, yeah. He was, like, there for a semester just teaching our class. He was the first person I I approached, and I was like, yo, I, th- I don't think I like it here. And he's like, cool, leave.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, man, like... I'll help you, like, find classes you can take outside so you keep up your training in a more, like, practical um, practical and accessible way so you can still work your part-time jobs, pay your rent, and also go to class. He, like, offered to connect me with his agent. He offered, like, all these beautiful opportunities of encouragement. Right. Um, so I felt like, man, I, I can do this. And, and so, yeah, I dropped out of that after a semester. And just kind of took classes around the city and have continued doing that and, mm. you know, building connections and sort of doing it in a very, um, what's it called, uh, like, gorilla y way. Okay. Rather than, you know, as an actor, and look at me off in another tangent again, as an actor, I think, uh, you know, you audition and you yeah, book yeah. the role. yeah. And then you book another role. Yeah. And then you sort of get momentum that way. But I sort of took it as like, I feel like I can, like, game the system here and get, like, a back-end deal or something. Sure. Like, um, so I started just, like, meeting filmmakers and, like, putting myself out there and messaging people on Instagram and uh, sort of going at more of, like, a networking approach of, like, well, if I can build these relationships, then eventually there's going to be a role for me in something or I can develop a script with a director or a writer. or yeah. I can, yeah. And I found that I love that so much more than the auditioning thing. <laughs> yeah. Because auditioning is like having a job interview five days a week, yeah, and yeah. like are you interested and they're like, "Don't talk to me, yeah like, yeah. Oh, yeah 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 it's so it's it's very hard, but you know building relationships with filmmakers is it a point now where like you know i'm I have such a great circle of collaborators and filmmakers around me that keeps getting bigger every every year, every week, every month, whatever, yeah, yeah, um where I still audition a lot, but the jobs that really um. Fulfill me are the things that I can kind of build from the ground up with other directors and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah have more of like a more skin in the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was the question? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, actually, I forgot, I, I I was just telling myself, I forgot to ask you, like, okay, we talked about the origin of the music, uh, but like, when did acting come into play? Like, was, mm-hmm. it, was your family like a balance of yes, uh, you know, your mom was playing piano and stuff, but were you also? super into mu- like the 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 acting world the film like world like when did that like come into play like going back to the origin story like as a kid did you do acting classes were you in community theater like what 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 was the what was the the genesis of <laughs> of of the uh of of the ac- the passion for for being on stage yeah i f- i feel like it kind of came at the same time as
0: As the music. Yeah. I don't know if I knew it at the time. Mm. But I think what I was really attracted to was having something to say and a way to say it. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what's been the through line through all of this is like, and still to this day is like the individual skill is one thing. But I think knowing that your intentions and what you have to say is the real backbone behind that skill is another thing, right? Which I didn't know that at like six years old. I was just like <laughs> rock stars, <laughs> actors. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. shit. That's yeah, so yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. like you know, <laughs> I want to have cars and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but so when I really started considering acting was probably in uh, sixth grade. Okay. Uh we did this, like. You know how when iPads started to come into schools and whatever, they were like, you can do an essay, you can do a presentation, or you can do a video. And everyone's like, what the fuck? I'm (laughs) doing a video, man. Come on. (laughs) So we did like, I don't even remember what it was. It was for like a drunk driving PSA or something. Okay. And we just like filmed some bullshit. (laughs) Like just ridiculous. Like kind of, I mean, ridiculous, but then... Fifteen years later, I made van life and Kia yeah, Rio. Yes. So actually, maybe yeah. not that ridiculous. But uh, we just filmed some something fun and had fun with it. And my teacher, after we played it for the class, she was like, hey, like, have you ever considered, like, doing theater or acting or something? Right. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. And she recommended this theater company in London called Original Kids. And she was like, "I think you do really well there. It's a good time. They teach you like the ropes and be a yeah, good yeah." Time. And I went to my parents and I was like, "Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm an actor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I need to be doing original kids." Sure. And they were like, "Okay, we'll look into it." And then it was like, "I don't, like for the two seasons it was like six hundred bucks or something," and they were like, "Dude, like, I no, yeah, just, yeah. just can't swing that." And I was like doing guitar lessons, which were like dramatically less, but just with like three kids and, you know, they're still in their early thirties trying to get their shit together. They're just like, dude, I, I, yes, but no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that seed was kind of planted then. Yeah. 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 And then I went into high school. I started doing some drama classes at, uh, my high school in London before I went out to the art high school at two different high schools. Um, but I, uh, yeah, started doing drama there and again, that's kind of same, bit of play was ignited i was like oh man like this is so much fun i just get to play have fun make people laugh mm-hmm. and like this is a i'm getting a credit for school for it sure, <laughs> and sure. then even like further than that i'm like and also i can make a career out of this yeah yeah just like having fun and making people happy and laugh um so i started taking it pretty seriously even at my first high school which was not an arts high school at all so most people didn't i remember in in 10th grade, I think, there was like a monologue thing where you pick a monologue from film or TV. You know, people are doing some like Adam Sandler stuff, something funny, and I was like, I'm going to do something from Apocalypse Now. Sure, sure. And it was like the Marlon Brando, The Horrors monologue, and I like staged it in the audience and had everyone sit around me like a campfire and had like moody-ass lighting. I was just like, The Horrors. Looking at everyone, and I was like, what the fuck is this, man? like They were not... Into it yeah, yeah, yeah But I was like And my teacher was like That Dude Like You should Consider going forward yeah, yeah yeah like, okay, yeah Okay yeah yeah Sure I'm a rock star On the side though Like I have my <laughs> band sure, I'm, sure. I'm doing all this stuff Like okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe mm-hmm. I'll consider it And then That started to get more serious We did a school play Where I met um, One of my best friends This day Ivan Do you know Ivan? No Okay Ivan Ellis Day one We've been friends For almost like 10 years now Yeah yeah Um, But we met Like, hanging out in the drama room at lunch, and we did a play together. That was a mess. It was terrible. (laughs) But he started to introduce me to people at Original Kids. Okay. Who are now, like, 16, 17, 18, taking it a little bit more serious. So I got to see, like, you know, doing it in sixth grade is one thing. You're a kid. You're just, like, having fun. People who are, like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. I might want to do this as a career. Yeah. These, like, shows are, like, good amazing but like good so i i like went to see one and started to like meet people and then i went back to my parents and i was like hey guys i, I think i really want to do this yeah yeah and they're like in a little bit of a better position you know like five or six years later and they're like okay let's try it yeah yeah so i started doing original kids my first show ever uh as opposed as uh separate from the high school show yeah, yeah. um was beauty and the beast okay <laughs> i played a singing and dancing fork <laughs> was super cool there's photos somewhere don't look it up um i think i i don't know if i still have the hat but it was like a dollar store fedora with a fork on
1: top (laughs) so sick so sick how big were these productions like how big were these casts that one like like, like, if you were one fork (laughs) how big was the cast
0: (laughs) the theater was like a hundred seat venue yeah in like in the market downtown in london the covent garden market
1: yeah that cast had like
0: 30 or 40 people oh, in it. Oh my goodness. It's all like shoved into this little space because it was like, yes, it was a theater thing that you're taking seriously, but it's also like a hobby and it's yeah, also yeah, like yeah. people were there more casually as well. Sure. Not me. I was so fucking intense. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so we did Beauty and the Beast yeah, with 40 people. Yeah, And then the next show was a show called The Drowsy Chaperone. Okay. And this is the one that cracked the whole fucking thing open for me. Um, It's a musical and a play at the same time. So there's one character called um, Man in Chair who sits at the side of the stage for the entire hour and a half show and sort of like narrates it as if he's playing it on like a record beside him. So it starts off and he's like, oh, man, welcome, whatever. i want to play this record for you today. And he puts it down and um, he's going through the show because he's a huge fan explaining what these things are. Yeah. And as the show goes on, his life sort of starts to crack open and you're seeing like, wow, this guy's incredibly lonely finding solace in this music and this art. And these characters are, like, people in his life. He's interacting with them, but they don't interact back because it's just, like, in his imagination. And then at the end of the show... And there's a whole thing about him being, like, a closeted um, homosexual as well. And um, through the show, you kind of get little evidence of that. And you're like, oh, wow, like, the characters he chooses to spend time with, what he says about them. And then at the end of the show, there's sort of, like, a ambiguous ending. But basically, he dies. Well, Okay. And I got cast in that role as my second show ever. <laughs> from it, Fork to the Man in the th- And it was like, okay, so here's four page monologues. <laughs> and there's ten of them. Right, right, right. You don't interact with any other characters. There's no line back and forth, which is easier to memorize. It's just paragraph, 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 yeah, paragraph. Yeah. And it's my second show ever. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the process of diving into that script, finding out details that aren't in the pages, all the subtext. Sure. Dude, I was like mind blown. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm doing this for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe there was just a whole life in this text. Totally. And I was like, this is the shit. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then from there, it was pretty focused. pretty Yeah. yeah. That's
1: great. That's yeah. great. Moving on to like, we're fast forwarding here, um, but canned peaches. Yeah. <laughs> which for for the people coming into just sort of getting to know you through this podcast and uh listening to uh now the origin story of the, the acting thing people might be asking themselves okay what is canned peaches um yeah and where's the musical the the music come into to to play in in your current portfolio yeah um so what is canned peaches what was the motive and you're, you're, you're rubbing your hands together because you're, you're excited. Another um, tangent. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Another monologue. Yeah, another four-page four, four page <laughs> monologue. Um, but please, yeah, the the origin of, of canned peaches. Yeah. So through all that, music's...
0: Yes. St- I'll just do the TLDR. All the acting shit. Music's always been there. I produced on my iPhone, whatever. Steve Lazy type beat. Yeah, yeah. Ups and downs, ebbs and flows, pandemic hits. I'm like all right, well, I got time. I learned how to use Logic and Ableton with the help of some friends and studios and whatnot. Actually, around here, we've had like a little space where I learned how to use all that shit. Um, And then I started producing my own music just for fun, put out a couple projects um, uh, over the past couple years. Real like weirder experimental stuff, just kind of finding my voice and also having something that's just pure expression. Um, Music for me right now and through that period is just like all freedom. Right. Whereas acting, I'm like I got more of like an established career. I gotta like yeah, yeah, do certain yeah. things. But music, I'm just like, ah, eh, fuck it. Try this trap song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, those projects came out, and a lot of the feedback I got was, um, yo, these are sick. Great expression, great rawness to them, but you should try to make something accessible and um replayable. Yeah and structured without sacrificing whatever you deem as artistic integrity. Right, right, right. And I was like, fuck, yeah. That's a really good like, little thing to keep in mind. So got that feedback, which was hard at first because I'm like, what do you mean? These are structured pop songs? And sure, now I sure, listen now, sure. and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, they're weird. But um, around that same time, uh, my brother Liam mm-hmm. moved to town and we moved in with each other. Um, he was going to get, uh, um, one or a two bedroom and just split the bill by himself until he found a roommate. Oh my goodness. But because of that, he was looking at like shitholes. Right. And I was ending a sublease in a one bedroom and I'm like, you know what, man? I think timing is good. Let's just get a place together. Yeah. Get your feet on the ground, get a job, start working without having to worry about paying for a two bedroom shithole and not finding a roommate. And, um, yeah. So we moved in together. Yeah. Just like here.
1: Yeah, like just yeah, around the corner yeah, here, yeah,
0: yeah. like October 2022 or something, or twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Around the same time as Jungle.
1: There you go. Uh, I think it was like the week <laughs> I moved in there, actually.
0: Okay. Um, and through living together for the first time in four years or something. And right. I, you know, obviously we grew up together. I, I don't know if I mentioned, Liam of Canned Peaches is my blood brother, like my <laughs> yeah, actual yeah. life yeah, yeah. living brother, not like, you know, he's my brother. Yeah. Um. So moving together was was a great experience, surprisingly. I was kind of worried. I was like, I don't know, man. Um, but through that, we kind of got to see each other's lives a bit more intimately than we had in the past four or five years. Yeah. Um, and, um, man, he started producing in the pandemic as well with music. Mm-hmm. And he was just sick with it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Where, like, bro, even two years ago, when that when we first moved in he was a way better producer than i was right and i was sure, like sure oh, sure bro. bro chill first yeah. of all <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know just moving to toronto and not really having the momentum or the connections or anything it was just kind of like him producing a crazy instrumental and then just it's on his hard drive and he's like cool i was like dude you could send these to like so many people. Right. And they would make the fucking album. Like, these are crazy cuts that nobody's producing like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. I'm like, no, dude, fuck, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh we lived together for six months. We had a couple songs in that time period, but nothing crazy. And then the week I moved out, he sent me uh, an instrumental for a song. It's now an interlude um, called Fantasy, which was like the first bit of Canned Peaches. And just like that style of music and the stuff that I was writing and the kind of place we were both in, it just kind of made sense. Yeah. the first week I moved into my new apartment. We made the first song. And then um, I guess the motive behind it, going back to what I was saying earlier, is like I know so many cool people in this industry. I'm so lucky to be like surrounded by people who are interested in making music. Why don't we make something together? And so that you can get your voice out there. I can bring some friends in. They can feature on it. Right. I just make something for fun, just like six months and put it out. And it's like, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then that turned into like a year and a half process <laughs> yeah. and eight songs. Mm. And now with those eight songs, we did a video for every song and then an extra video on top of that. So one song has two videos for it. One we shot here.
1: Exclusive.
0: Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, And it's just turned into this, Big thing that has so many homies involved, and yeah, it's so beautiful and so much fun, amazing. But it all started just of like, man, we should do something together because I want you to be out in the world and have people see how fucking talented you are, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because that's my brother, man. What the hell? Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Real day one, yeah. yeah, Actual, yeah. Day Actual day one,
1: day one, yeah. Um, why canned peaches? Like the name? Yeah.
0: So when we were starting to figure out like the visuals and the marketing for it all. Um we're like looking at all the like childhood stuff, like photos of us, um, or like different memories. And my mom used to call me uh, Peachy or Peaches. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kinda that's kinda cool. Yeah. And then this idea of like canned peaches, this like fresh, vibrant, sweet fruit, but just like shoved in this can almost felt like a a metaphor for like where Liam and I both felt with, like, relationships. Right. Just being trapped, where you're like, I feel like I have so much to offer someone, mm. but I feel trapped in, like, either cycles or the same, like, patterns of doing the same bullshit over and over. And that's kind of what a lot of the, like, lyrical content is, is, like, just frustration. And as much as, like, sonically, it's a very, like, like, upbeat album, I guess. yeah. yeah like, it's yeah. a lot of great, like, samples and... Rhythm to it. It's not, like, depressing, but a lot of the lyric content is just frustration about love and relationships and, uh, you know, kind of being trapped in doing things over and over again and expecting a different result. And especially as, like, an older brother making music with a younger brother, it kind of felt at times of being like, here's something I learned. Don't do this shit. Right, right, right. (laughs) Here's a mistake I made or here's a cycle that I'm kind of caught in and knowing that we're coming from the same place, you know, be aware Right. And there's a really unique, almost unspoken intimacy of that process because it was like uh, passing things down to my younger brother. Sure. Which is very unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very crazy and weird at times. Especially some of the songs are just about sex. (laughs) So I'm like, let's not talk about this, but just like take it in.
1: (laughs) I don't want to get in the details, but just take it in. Totally. Um, What are your expectations with the project? Oh. You, you you you're saying that it's 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 definitely more of like a relationship between you and your brother, getting exposed to uh, the process, but yeah. also the industry and the people around you. Um, yeah. So are there are are there heavy expectations? Is it just like we'll see where it goes? Yeah.
0: I I mean I feel like because we approached it with heavy expectations that's what's made the process so easy yeah including with the videos including with like every step along the way it just felt really easy yeah yeah yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of patience like things don't come together overnight but it's never felt like oh fuck how do we do this it's just kind of been working which is different yeah um but i think that's because our expectation was
1: hello hey (laughs) our
0: expectation was let's make songs that we like Let's mm. make songs that feel like something we would listen to. And if we like them, then other people will probably like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And along the way, that's like we show people songs and like, oh, yo, can I do graphic design for this? Can I do this for this? Can I do this? And we're like, yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Obviously, I'd love it to get a million listens on every song. Sure, 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 sure. Signing yeah. deals and fucking headlining, whatever. I will be happy if people have a good time listening to the songs. Yeah, yeah. If someone's listening to it at the gym, someone's listening to it in their car, if someone has a shitty day and they're like, I need to hear a way to go right now. This song is uplifting and it's whatever and it also has some angst to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This makes me feel better. So that that's what I want. Yeah. Many things can go <laughs> happen and that's great. But yeah. at the end of the day, if people are happy listening to them and have a good time and, you know... That's that's good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Are there any like um expectations to put it like to have a live version of of, of the project? Or Is it is it is it sort of in the box? Is it more of like a listening experience? Is Man. there uh, you know, coming from a performance background for yeah. you like is there is there any like live expectation there? I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And actually we'll maybe we'll talk about this off mic at some <laughs> sure, point, sure, but sure. like there's there's seeds that are planted. For sure. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to, like, talk about it before it's happening. Mm. But I would love to play these songs live. Even just, like, a one-time celebration of, like, wow, everybody who worked on it, everybody's a homie. Like, let's get together, have a good time, have a drink. Yeah. And just have fun. That's great. Get some other people to perform. Like, that'd be that'd be sick. Yeah. That's so, want to set that up. There you go. When or where yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah. Exclusive. We're putting it out.
1: Exclusive. It <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I love,
0: that. I love that. I love that
1: and what's what's the dream because we're going to go more into the back into the more the acting side of things the balance of acting and music is there a dream like for your the music stuff i hear from from from, from what i hear throughout this podcast it's it's very much a a a process of expression for you more of an exploration of that yeah. side of things um what's the is there a dream for the music part of, of 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 your life is it just more of a taking it day by day month by month what's it what, it's a big question, I know. Yeah. Um, I, I guess,
0: like, the dream is just freedom, man. There you go. The dream <laughs> is freedom. And, yeah. I think at one point in my life, I really wanted to, like, do the musician thing. I wanted to tour. Yeah. I would have been happy being a session guitar player. I would have been whatever, and things kind of changed, and I'm just happy to still be able to do it. Yeah, like I can still make music and still have uh, freedom in that. It's yeah. I mean, yeah. Long term though, I'm trying to be on my Donald Glover shit. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> you heard it once here again. First, um, see you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you, is that a big? Is he a big inspiration for you? Huge man. Yeah. Huge. Everything from like uh, like screenwriting to acting to music part of his life to all that stuff everything man I
0: think you mentioned like we were talking about business and music like having someone to like look to yes yeah like it's that's obviously like a outside of my circle example but like that's somebody who I always look to of like man okay someone who has the freedom to express what they want how they want it and especially now like if he wants to do a show he'll be like yeah Amazon what's up you want to do this and they're like yes yes please yeah yeah so to get to a position where you have the freedom to when you have something to say say it yeah yeah. And yeah. not say it in as much as I'd be happy just doing short films for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, be able to be like, yo, let's do a show about this. Let's get this person involved, this person, this person and have like yeah, yeah, dream yeah. collaborators and like what a beautiful thing that could be and yeah. That's that's the dream. <laughs>
1: And we are back with Jake Shannon. It's the thirty-fifth episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. We had a big break, <laughs> probably probably around twenty minutes of just talking, uh, some off mic stuff, off mic content, secret, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this third the third topic here that I have in my in my document is uh, balance of acting and music, but it's a lot more than just that, uh, and there's a lot to talk about here. Um, many. And I'm going to read my note here, word for, word for word. Many know you as more of an actor from many past projects to recent social media specials, some short films on... Check it out, by the way. Go on Jake's <laughs> Instagram. Uh, you're still selling that vehicle? The Kia Rio? Yeah, the Kia Rio. Yeah, yeah not a lot of bites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, there's also this new thing going on, this hop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I say I, I I've described it as a children's animated series. I don't know if that's accurate, um, but you voice a character named Benny. Yeah. In in, in the series, um, talk to talk to us more about this. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, man, never in my wildest dreams would I've like thought I'd be a voice on a kids show. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, growing up of like a child of the television, like that was my fucking life. Yeah, like, yeah watching yeah. these, watching, watching animated shows. Especially, I remember w- my parents used to be like to make me feel better about TV. Sometimes it was scary. They're like, no, nah, it's just like people like pretending. Right. So I'd watch Pokemon and I'd be like, "How do they make these costumes?" <laughs> and it took like years later for me to be like, "Wow, I'm not so smart." <laughs> sure. um, but man, Hop is such a good time. I always tell people with acting, you do such intense stuff, whether it's like filming something, auditioning, where you're like yelling and crying and swearing and having your heart broken. Yeah. Or just yesterday the tape where I had to propose like to marry somebody. Sure. And you're like committing. So you're like, this is how it is. So you're like yeah. sobbing, you're like, I just love you so much. Yeah, sure. Whereas Hop, I get to go and just have fun man sure 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 it's so freeing yeah and like the material is like high quality material Mm -hmm. especially considering it's a kids show there's a lot of bad kids shows that are just so pandery right sure sure there's a lot of really smart writing in this show man yeah and like the scripts will be like a tarkovsky-esque this or a tarantino-esque and you're like doesn't need that man Like this could just (laughs) be like kids stuff go but it's like yeah, no yeah. these writers actually really care man and yeah everyone behind it cares so much that i think it's gonna be really good
1: yeah and okay. for those who don't know like the context what's yeah what is hop like what oh. is like
0: man hop is uh yeah it's a kids tv show uh from the creator of arthur mark brown um like arthur like like this guy yeah arthur, like yeah. <laughs> I'm, i'll be listening to music like Amine references Arthur. Kid Cudi references Arthur. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So I work with Mark, like, yeah, every, like, two weeks for a session, which is a dream. What a what a beautiful soul. Um, and, yeah, so this is his, like, new show. We yeah. got picked up for a distribution by HBO, which is, like, manifesty dream come true <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. And I never would have thought it would be this way. Like, I was always like, yeah. I need to be on The Last of Us season two. I need to be on Euphoria. I need to be this. And now I'm like, hmm. oh, shit, I or hop yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's such a good time man it's so freeing the material is great yeah and yeah i do like a voice for it too mm-hmm. which um everybody asked me to do and for the first time ever i'm getting no. <laughs> no. Hell no
1: not yet everybody
0: not yet um gotta pay me for that yeah <laughs> um yeah, it's a lot of fun, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited for people to see it because, again, I think it has some, like, artistic integrity behind it. Despite the context of being a kid's show, I think it has a lot of really great stuff and yeah. people who really care behind it, which yes. is so
1: beautiful. I know we can't talk about it too much, but um, just from, like, an overall thing, uh, can we even say that it's it's sort of arthur Is it more of, like, a...
0: Uh, sure, it's a kids yeah, show. it's a kid's show. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it's going to deal with some, like... Bigger, more complex issues, some smaller stuff. Sure. Yeah, all, all the characters have um, some sort of uh, uh, adversity in their life. Yes, sure. So f- for my character, Benny, he's like full of anxiety. Right. Which is like very relatable. And th- they say uh, with voiceover, especially, you might start thinking, oh, me and my character are so different. But especially because they're writing simultaneously and animating and acting simultaneously. The writers get to know you sure and through conversations they start really reflecting your own life so especially you know this thing is uh, I don't know if I can say how many episodes but it's a bunch of episodes yeah and by like the halfway point I was like did you guys <laughs> talk to my therapist
1: yeah like are you writing this for me basically does it become that a little bit yeah yeah so well.
0: things that I've had to like go through in my own life are now through the lens of this kids show um <laughs> And giving tools to these kids Whoa. to, like, get over anxieties or like, yeah, get yeah, over, yeah. but, you know, have a tool to get through anxiety and socially or otherwise. And right. There's even an episode that, again, I'm going to be very broad about it, but it kind of encapsulates a big part of why I'm an artist. Right. In the episode that I had no part of writing. Right, right, right. But I was just like, guys, this is... Really deep for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they say that, like, yeah, over the course of, so we've been recording for a year. Yeah, yeah. We just wrapped it last week, a year-long to-the-day process. Yeah. You know, the things start to get intertwined. And the people I was working with are like, yeah, this happens, like, a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's weird. (laughs) But it's really cool. And I think it's going to be fun. And,
0: uh, you know, hope we get to do more in the future.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Can I ask about like the uh the audition process mm. um as as one who's been, you know, and we talked about it off mic but been in 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 the acting screen scene f- throughout my life a, a bunch of moments mm. but um for such a big show uh, and an uh, an important show and especially even just for voice acting. Yeah. Like w- what is that process like for those who don't also know just that are just listening? It's honestly similar to any other auditions yeah, like yeah. I I you send in My, a tape?
0: Yeah, it was tape. My agent sent me an opportunity, and they actually let us um, pick the character we auditioned for. So they sent us everything. And because it's VO, you can kind of like, you can change your voice however you want it. So they gave us a picture of them and then a description. And I actually didn't audition for Benny at first. I auditioned okay. for uh, two other characters. I forget who they were. I think they changed the names or something at some point. But but I did the Benny voice for one of those characters. And then they hit me back and were like, Yo, yes, but can you do it for this guy? Right. And then um, I I can't remember if I sent in another tape for that or had a Zoom callback. Right. Which was voiceovers. So like, I, I, it was just me sitting in front of my computer and I was like, hey guys, yeah, I'm yeah, going to sure. do the
1: voice now. Sure, sure.
0: And uh, so eventually we did a Zoom callback and that's when I first figured out it was Mark as well because on the Zoom, his screensaver was Arthur. So his camera went off and it was Arthur and I was like, huh, that's odd. He's either a big fan or he's involved. <laughs> and then I did some research after my callback, and I was like,
1: "Yeah, yeah oh, yeah. that's the guy." Fuck. you right.
0: Thank God I didn't know that in the moment because I probably would have been like,
1: "Okay, right, better be better at this." Be- because the call the call that you got from your agent, it wouldn't it wouldn't have had the title or the the show sort of description. It, it would have just had, had the characters like kind of thing, vague. Yeah, or it was
0: like a code name for the show, yes. and then like yeah, yeah, certain yeah. people were involved, but it's kind of. You know, they're trying to keep it under wraps, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. at that stage. They totally. don't want to like show all their cards and then there's a news article and there's this and everyone knows about it. They're just kind of vague about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really know up until that point. And then, um, yeah, I did the call back in like June of last year. And then I went to Italy for the summer for some like filmmaking stuff, which is like another podcast entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a like, crazy time. Yeah. Um, but like three weeks into that trip or two weeks into that trip, I got the email that I got it. I was in Potenza, Italy in like the like, mid-south drinking wine and on like a patio eating pizza. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be on this fucking show. <laughs> Everyone around me was like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought I was going to have to come back early from Italy. Sure. And they were so nice to be like, no, 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 stay, enjoy your vacation. We'll push your dates back a little bit. Right, right. So like it just worked out so well. And
1: oh, it's been such a pleasure. <laughs> such too. a good time. When thinking about this episode, I said balance of acting and music, but it's because I see you doing a bunch of just different things. Yeah. Um, my my question here is: do you look do you look up to a lot of people, or not even up? Do you admire a lot of people in your circle um, that are, are doing a bunch of different things? Like, where does the where does the multidisciplinary aspect of your um, process or your yeah. output, creative output, come from? Is it from Donald Glover? It might be, man.
0: <laughs> just dream of that, man. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, one, man, yeah. I admire fucking everyone around me. Yeah. It's kind of great. Like, we were talking about this a little bit off mic, but, like, we had a conversation where we were like, you know, this person, this person, this person. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. happens so much in Toronto, especially, but I feel like those conversations just feel like, man, okay, we're really doing something here. Yeah. like, we're all kind of together. We're all doing this, and man, yeah, the people around me are so fucking talented, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just have a conversation on like a Tuesday morning over text that I'm like, wow, I think my entire life has changed. (laughs) Just because I'm surrounded, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by so many great, like, artists, but also just people who look at life with an openness and without a control over what it needs to be. Just, they let it happen and they take it in and there's a presence there. Yeah. Um, So yeah. So to answer your first question, yeah, everyone around me just makes my life worth living. Mm -hmm. Um, terms like the multi hyphen and stuff, man. I guess it's just I. It's kind of back to what I was mentioning earlier about less having a skill, playing guitar, acting, producing, whatever it is, and more about having something to say. Yeah, and finding the tool that will best say that. I feel like that's kind of the pocket that I'm in. And I'm, again, so lucky to have resources to go, wow, if I want to make a film, yeah, I probably can. Mm-hmm. Again, not for $10 million and produced by A24 yet. But there's opportunity there. So I I feel like that's part of where it comes from. I was like, man, all this shit's just so much fun. and And it's, yeah, what gets me out of bed in the morning is just knowing that, I can just do all these things. Yeah. And I'm so lucky. So sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, it's so yeah, dope. Yeah. Like,
1: do you find that a lot of like actors and maybe even specifically like voice actors, VO people, mm. um, do you think they're doing like a bunch of different things? Um, you're telling me about the, the process. You would go in maybe every couple of weeks to, do, to yeah. do some work. Um, Are a lot of these people that you're connected with or that you've known through the industry, are they doing a lot of different things? Are there voice actors that are just doing that? You know, are are there some, like, people that are, like, their specialty is is just that? Just voice.
0: Honestly, a lot of people. Right. Yeah, like, I know a few people on the show, like, voice acting is sort of a side thing for them, and they're actually super into theater or they're into, Mm. like, something else. But there's a p- couple of people who are like, no, nah, I'm a full-time like professional voice actor. That's it. Yeah. Whereas someone like me, this is the only voice acting I've ever done. Sure. And maybe the only voice acting I'll ever do. You know what I mean? But well, 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we get that Arthur run. <laughs> um, but I, in general, I think a lot of actors and artists are starting to be more multi-hyphenate. Yeah. Because of the nature of the industry's plural. I think you just have to be operating on all cylinders, always. Yeah. For better or for worse, right? hmm I don't know, like I almost have like a nostalgia when reading certain like acting books or like history things of like, man, remember in like nineteen seventy five where you could just be like a really good actor who's like trained with like Stella Adler or something. You're like, yeah, This yeah. is what I do, I'm Marlon Brando, I'm Al Pacino, this is my thing. Whereas now it's like I feel like everybody is just like, so yeah, I make music and I do this and I do this and I yeah, do this, yeah, yeah. which is awesome, which is great. But I don't know, it's also complicated and hard to find balance. Mm-hmm. But I think if, again, your intention is I'm an artist who has something to say and I'm going to pick whichever skill set I have to say it, that makes it a bit easier. It makes it kind of have a home base of good intention.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a great way to to to, to put it and to see it. I think it, it's it's also... Much more freeing, uh, a lot less uh, like it's boundaryless almost. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What do I, what do I feel like doing? You know, and sort of asking that question and not being like, okay, I need to do this. What's the next thing that I, I have to do in music or whatever, whatever your your niche is in yeah. those industries? And you said it, you said plural industries, which is a great way to a great way to see it. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. It's Jake Shannon, the thirty fifth episode of the. Cloud Machine Podcast. We're back with the producer's game. Excited for this one. Uh, I, I was telling uh, Jake about uh, the, the, the process of the producer's game, but for those who don't know, it's um, basically a chance for us uh, as listeners, or even for me as, as, as the host, to get to, to know a little bit more of the dream album uh, uh, that the guests would have in mind, a.k.a. who the artist or artists would be on the album, the producer, producers uh who would be in the band uh where where they record where they would re- record it so what studio and what city so they could be different uh you could have Abbey Road in New York for example uh what the era of the project is um what the budget is and for Jake it's uh what the storyline of the record is um just a little special unique thing for this episode of the podcast um, so yeah please let us know the uh The Producers Game with Jake Shannon. Okay. (laughs) Some of these are like things that have already sort of happened
0: that I think just don't get any better. Yeah. I want it to be an electric lady.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: I want it to be post 9-11. Okay. New York. Yeah. Like where it is. Post 9-11, but like 2001, 2002. Okay. I want... The band from To Pimp a Butterfly. I want Kamasi Washington. I want Thundercat. Yeah. I want Robert Glasper. Yeah. I want some Soul in the mix. Oh. Maybe just hanging out. Yes. Doesn't get it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, yeah. But I want the lead singer. I want the heart and soul. I want the perspective, especially in that time period in New York, of Marvin Gay. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. Okay.
0: I want that in those things in the room. Well. To just just make the world a better place. Yeah. Like, imagine the what's going on perspective. Yes. Just like, bro, I could start crying right now. That album is perfect. <laughs> yeah. If Marvin Gaye wasn't killed. Yeah. Lives. Even if I take 1970s Marvin Gaye, whatever. Take an 80-year-old Marvin Gaye. Sure. In 2002. Put him with those people and be like, yo, this shit's fucked right now, isn't it? Yeah. And then him just be like, yeah, watch this. <laughs> and just get that same level of like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. That'd be, it's a pretty simple concept other than taking Marvin Gaye uh, back from the dead. Yeah. But I think that would be my dream. Everything. Oh, and Amazing. the
1: storyline. I mean. The storyline or, I Yeah. Guess, I don't know. I mean it's 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 self-told there but I
0: guess yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like they got to fix the world a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Amazing. Well, Crazy. honestly, I don't know I I don't know if I'm speaking for everybody here but probably one of our uh, most intriguing producers games. I would listen to that in a heartbeat. Um I mean just with the Soul Aquarians meet uh T'Pimp a Butterfly Band uh with Marvin Gaye just just in that like and like they're all producers in themselves, yeah. like themselves. So it's like yeah, that'd be so. I might so break wild. the world. Am crack it all <laughs> over? Yeah. We're like, all right, yeah. music, No more music. Yeah, this yeah exactly. Is the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how we wrap it up, man. Thank you very Sick. much for coming by um, and and chatting, getting to know a little bit more of your process um, and your origin story yeah. and some of the new projects like Canned Peaches, uh, like Hop. I mean, again, like you you said it yourself. Like we, there's so many other things that we could uh, we could talk about. We'll just have um,
0: friendship for that. Yeah, there you go.
1: There you go. Off mics. Yeah. Um and again, make sure to check out uh everything Jake's doing on, on his socials. Um and uh the can Peaches too. Um with their single Way to Go uh featuring Matthew Worku. Yeah. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Um oh now. Um such a great song, such a great video yeah. as well. You yeah,
0: yeah. Man, they killed it.
1: Yeah. You said uplifting earlier and I think that's a great way to that 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 song is, is is right up there, and that video is, is so cool. I was telling you off mic. It, I didn't know, I don't know. I didn't know what I was I was I was uh, watching at first. Yeah. Um. In that video, but it's it's really cool. I don't want to spoil anything, so please go check it out, everybody. Um. It's uh, way to go, from uh, Cam Peaches. Um. But yeah, thanks again for coming.
0: Man, thanks for having me. Yeah, It's really been a pleasure.
1: Yeah, it's been great. For those listening, thank you as well. Um, we, we see the, the, the continuing in, in interaction on socials and, and, uh, and on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're not watching, uh, go check it out. Um, you might be listening on, on and whatever platform you're listening, but check it out on YouTube. If you want to see our, uh, our faces... Uh, these, these new glasses. <laughs> these new glasses. They're, they're fire. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Let's. Uh, well, we'll see you next week.